right, and welcome back to Social Biology. I'm your co-host, Jeremy. And I am Morgan. That was a big pause, but okay. So. <laughs> a big pause. Do we have a lag? I said it right Maybe. after you did. Oh, did you? Maybe we do. Yeah. Is there still a bad lag? I, I feel like it's fine. Who knows? But Okay. Well, the power of editing. It'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so today, I, I have a pet peeve for today. Do you have one, Morgan? You know, I've I've been thinking about it all day, and I've come up with like five or six. They're pretty minute, but it may, I'll, I'll pick which one's the most important or the the best of them all. But yeah, let's hear yours first. Okay. <laughs> okay. So one of my <laughs> Sorry one of I my pet so one of my pet peeves, which is literally a pet peeve, is when people can control their dogs, especially with how much noise they make. Oh yes, uh huh. I mean, and I've talked about we talked. I've talked specifically about this before, uh, how like little dogs can be kind of yappy, and big dogs are only pretty calm. But you know, it, it can happen with any dog where you just have, let's say, you're in an apartment complex and you have neighbors <laughs> that are really close to you, or you share walls right. with them, and, and you have a dog, and it just, it just keeps barking. And I don't, I don't understand how you as an owner can feel. I'm like ashamed or embarrassed, like, hey, I have this thing that's making a lot of noise. Let me try to fix this or take it outside or do something rather than just like, yeah, I'm going to sit in here for an hour and let this thing bark super loud. Right. Ugh, I don't know. It just really I I like I, it's not about it's not about the animal. It's not about the dog. It's about the person that's supposed to be caring for it. I'm like, hey, man, you have a responsibility. What are you doing? I, I don't know. I get so frustrated because there's nothing I can do, you know, right. Sorry, and yeah, I'm, I'm guessing so this is a person with whom you share a wall. Yeah. Now, to be <laughs> to be uh, honest, it hasn't happened for a while, which I'm glad. Maybe it's the winter or now it's spring, I guess. But who knows? Maybe it'll get worse in the summer. But uh, yeah, randomly. And I think the dog is in a it might just be in a kennel because it's always in the same location, which I think <laughs> happens to be near where I'm sleeping. Right up against the wall of your bedroom. Yeah, because it just doesn't move, you know? Like, I would assume if a dog's barking, it's going to be moving around a little bit, but it's always in the same place. It's always right around the time, like in the morning when I'm trying to get to sleep, which is awful. So, right. And again, it hasn't happened for a while, which is great, but I, like... I, I didn't. I, I contacted the the proper the building manager, and they're like, "Well, we'll let them know. We'll send them a note." And this building, just so people know, is supposed to have no pets allowed. Like there are no pets in this building. So how but does everyone has a, a dog? Oh, they just they don't care. They don't care. I see so many dogs around Dude, here. Pet policies are never enforced. No, and I understand the reason, and I get it because. I, I should not say anything. I'm one to talk, but my uh, yeah. <laughs> my secret, my little my little pet doesn't make any noise. Like no one ever I don't think anyone knows it exists because yeah. Right. Yeah, that's that's weird. You know, I'm I'm kind of thinking maybe there's a little plot twist. Maybe the dog barks at your wall cuz you make too much noise. So There's no way. I am super <laughs> conscientious of how much noise I make. Like even <laughs> even during the normal hours, you know, let's like I guess I'll wake up, you know, around maybe five or six or seven or something. You know, when people are also awake, they're not going to be, I'm not assuming they're not going to be asleep. And I'm still kind of like, okay, I'm going to, I'm not going to do anything crazy or anything loud. I'm trying my best. It helps that I'm on the ground floor, so there's no one underneath me. But uh-huh. if there's something I do that makes a loud noise, I try really hard to keep it away from the walls or to keep it as short as I can. You know, it's, I just don't want problems, man. Like that's the, the, right. I don't want any problems. <laughs> so, it, 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 so the barking doesn't happen often now. No, it happened. Did it, it start happened up more again? The, and that's what's sparking this. No, no, no. It happened more in the summer when I first moved here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But but it's not even just like my immediate neighbors. Sometimes there'll just be a dog in the building that's barking, and it's like I can't really hear <laughs> it, it that it loud. Goes through the hall, but I'm like, it's uh-huh. barking. Yeah, for hours, you know, like, what are you doing <laughs> poor with your damn animal. dog? Yeah, do something. I don't know. It just really irks me when either A, they're not home and they, for some reason, have forgotten about their dog and they the dog wants something or it's lonely. I don't know what's going on there. Uh-huh. Or they are home and they're like, I'm just going to ignore this thing until it goes away. And it, 
Like dogs have this weird stamina to bark for so damn. It just gets me so mad. It, like, it is <laughs> bizarre. It's bizarre. Um, I I told you I adopted a dog. It was actually right at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, so it was kind of a fun little time, you know, working from home, have a new dog. Um, and it's funny. He he was abandoned, and like they found him on the street, and they don't know how long he was there. So he, mm-hmm. he has like a lot of codependency or like, uh, separation anxiety issues. And so if, if I leave and it's not very frequently that he is not with me, um, say like I go to the grocery store or I go to church on Sunday and he's like alone for an hour and a half, you know, two hours max. Uh, my neighbors have actually told me that they can hear him moan in the house oh my gosh he doesn't bark i was like oh my gosh i'm so sorry if it's annoying and they're like no he just every like five minutes we can hear (laughs) from inside inside my home and i'm like that is the saddest thing ever so it, it actually happened this week i witnessed it um my wife was leaving uh, to go to a pediatrician with my son and I helped her get my son in the car and I left the dog in the house. I shut the door behind me and like his face of you are not leaving me <laughs> as I was like shutting the door. I was like, dude, I'll be right back. And like I, I get my kid in the car as I'm walking up to the door. I can hear it inside. So I slowly open the door. He perches himself on the back of the couch, looks up at the ceiling and just like cries to the heavens like, moans. so dramatic but oh my gosh oh my yeah gosh. but no i can't stand yappy dogs uh yeah you know big dogs aren't as yappy but they are loud no. but yappy dogs yeah. are annoying man it's yeah i mean i remember growing up i had my one of my closest friends who i'm still friends with to this day um, but we would always spend time at his home, like in his basement. He had like a really nice home entertainment system. So he'd always watch movies down there. And they had these, this, I guess, a few dogs. For the longest time, they had this very old dachshund. Mm-hmm. And it was nice and it was quiet. It wasn't too bad. Uh, but eventually, I think when it passed away, they adopted two of its, I think, kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> and because I think the, even though this dog, whatever your uh uh, you know, opinions on dachshunds are it was a purebred, you know, breeder dachshund, so they never got it fixed. So it had a lot of puppies, and so I guess they decided right. to, you know, adopt some of them. And these two, whenever the doorbell would ring or someone would knock on the door, even if anyone got close to their front door, they would start just barking and yapping. And every time they would yell at the dogs, and every uh-huh. time they did it, like they never learned not to do this thing. Like <laughs> I thought the whole it. point. Of a like the reason why quote unquote dogs are have like an advantage over you know cats or something is that you can train them and they they they're really obedient and loyal like no these pieces of shit were just so loud and annoying for years and years, and they still do it to this day I'm pretty sure <laughs> and and every time they bark like we could hear from the basement we'd have to yell at them and I was like I can't imagine living with these things like uh-huh. how can you live with something that just is a noisemaker. And never learns not to make noise. Like, I don't know. It just really gets to me. You know, that's actually really interesting because I learned about that this this week. Um, do they have any other like misbehaviors or disobedience? I don't think so. Like, I think when they were really young as puppies, one of them would get into the garbage, but they kind of quickly learned not to do that anymore. Maybe, uh-huh. they did. Maybe they just got really good at closing the door or something. But no, they were like adopted when they were puppies. They seem like really happy and they just, I don't know. They just seem fine to me. But hmm. for some reason, that's, that's just a thing. That's interesting. Is, is it like brother, sister? Are they both males? Yeah, they're brother, sister. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's that's actually really interesting because have you ever heard of, I, I believe it's litter mate syndrome? I've never heard of that. What litter is it? sibling syndrome? I can't remember exactly what it's called. It's actually this thing where it frequently happens with dogs that are of the same parents, specifically the same litter, that they don't recognize an alpha in humans and will one of the two will be the alpha leader of their pack. You know, like often when you train dogs, you're, you're trained like Caesar Milan. I am the alpha. I am the, yeah, yeah, you know, um, my dog knows that I am the boss. Um, but gotcha. litter mate syndrome 
they they don't have that recognition. They're dominant of their sibling and they're dominant of their owners. And so this actually huh. happened to my cousins in Texas. They had two dogs, Labradors, and they were inseparable. And the one, the male, uh, was totally dominant and just hated the husband, uh, my my cousin's husband, and just, you know, was totally protective of this this one. They couldn't, like, do all sorts of different things, like give her treats or toys or play with her. Like, this other one was dominant. They took him to the vet. Turns out it's called uh, littermate syndrome. And um, huh. it actually ended up getting, like, deathly sick, and they had to put it down. And they were like, you know, this is, like, honestly the greatest thing that's happened to us because like they yeah couldn't, no. they couldn't give up these crazy dogs as siblings but like but they were like what's gonna happen uh to the sibling and it, it was really bizarre they said the vet actually recommended bringing the sibling so they could understand that their sibling has passed so it's not just like they've disappeared oh, or okay. you know a little bizarre but what um what actually happened after that was this other dog became a completely different person or a completely different dog. It was like <laughs> dog totally person, obedient yeah. <laughs> and loving and like loved life and joyful. So yeah, it turns out it's super common that when siblings in litters are raised together, they develop this sort of dominance that is unbreakable. It's really, really weird. Huh. So that's why I asked if they had other misbehaviors or... Uh, I guess it's obedience learning issues when they're together because they feel like their own little pack. And I mean, it, it could don't be expand. something like that. I mean, like I, they never they're dachshunds, so they weren't, I guess, aggressive, uh, right? Right. <laughs> because of that, a killer. But it's funny because dog. there was there was a male and female, and the male was like this really fat little guy, and the female <laughs> was so tiny and petite, you know, like his belly rubbed on the floor when he. It, ran. it got really close. I think they eventually <laughs> got him on the weight loss because you know I don't know why, but yeah, he was really big. He's just a right. little. But they were he was but they were very uh, like attentive. You know, like they weren't aggressive towards anyone, right. even towards me, who was you know not technically I wasn't a member of their family or anything. So it could be something like that. And I, again, like I find that if you have an aggressive dog, I find that to be something I cannot stand because right. a dog, especially like a, even like a medium sized dog, but especially like a big dog, is that that represents like a viable threat to your safety. Like a dog mm-hmm. that can get physically violent in my mind is not something that should ever be something in someone's home uh, right. because like dogs are, they, they can, I mean, yeah, it's the chances of something happening are very low, especially if it's you, the owner. Right. Uh, but still, if you're like, yeah, my dog doesn't, you know, I don't care. Like, I don't care about dominance. Like I don't really, you know, again, I don't know too much about dogs or anything. Uh, mm-hmm. Growing up, we had a dog <clears throat> for the longest time and it was super friendly and nice. We didn't have, and it was never formally trained, so like we weren't ever told anything like that. So whatever, right? But wow. if you have like, oh yeah, like here's your dog. It doesn't recognize you. Like it sees you as a threat. I'm like, then this dog has got to go because there's no yeah. way I'm going to live in a home where something is going to see me as a threat and could potentially hurt me. Either that, or you better be full ass dedicated to training this dog because it. You know, you see, I don't know if you follow the dodo, but on YouTube, I I love the dodo. They have the uh, pity nation. You know, I'm a big pit bull fan. My dog is a pit bull. <laughs> you and think pit bulls it, are misunderstood? Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, well, yeah. there, there's all these different, uh, do you have an argument against that? No, no, no. I'm just saying like, <laughs> it's, it's just like pit bulls were bred to be aggressive, but it's unfortunate because they're still dogs. And so they have this yeah. duality to their, their nature that society right. sees them as Oh yeah, these dogs are going to be always mean, but then they can be very nice. And sometimes you get both in a dog. You get a right. really aggressive dog, but it's also really nice to you. So I get right. it. Right. And if if there's anything I've learned, it's that it's 99% of a dog's problems, I swear, is on the owners. So if you half-ass training an aggressive dog, it's it's never going to change. It, it takes a lot of dedication. But um, on on the other hand... Um, just an actively aggressive dog. Yes, that's, that's freaky, but, uh, something that, that I do think is really good to have is a dog that is protective. Um, especially of like your home, 
uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give a little example of how my dog is not that dog, but like (laughs) his name's Rocky and Rocky has, you know, abandonment issues. He gets really excited when he meets new people. When we're out on the street, he doesn't bark at people. Dogs bark at him. He gets curious and interested. I don't think he'd ever be aggressive to another person or dog on the street. But if you ring the doorbell or if you come into the office without him knowing that you're on your way, he freaks out and he has to be calmed down a little bit or I introduce him outside or and then he's just the fun loving dog that, you know, he he is. Um, the problem with him is there was one night we had done some dishes and left him in the sink drying and I think they shifted in the middle of the night. So it sounded like either glass breaking or like plates clacking together or something. Uh, yeah. And he thought there was an intruder. So what does he do? He start he started like a, a muffled bark. Like he knows something's here. Like I, I'm I'm going to protect. So I'm like, okay, bud, let's go. Like I get my Glock. <laughs> like I have no idea what it is. It takes you from dishes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what it is. We have a glass door in our back, like on, leading to our patio. And in our community, anybody can walk up to it. Um, and you could break it and just come right in. It's not like we yeah. have a, a fence or anything. Um, and so... As I'm going to move down, this damn dog will not go downstairs first. He's looking at me like, (laughs) you protect me. And I'm like, no, that is not how it works. And so, yeah, I had to lead. And he like came halfway down the stairs as I like sweeped the basement and was just like peering at me around the corner. Like, is everything okay? I'm here. I'm here to assist, but I'm not going to lead. So, yeah. No, I... I do think that 99% of dog issues are owners or, you know, abandonment or things of that nature. And I think they can be trained, but it takes a lot of dedication. So, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I agree with that. I feel like dogs, because of how their brains are set up and how we've evolved, uh, how they evolved, we've domesticated them and evolved, you know, man, (laughs) these past few decades. Restart (laughs) the sentence. Yeah, uh, so basically how it's called, so there's natural selection and then there's artificial selection. So dogs, we have artificially selected them for certain traits. Right. And many of those traits are like loyalty and dependency and friendliness and Uh things like that. Uh, Even some of the physical characteristics, like because floppy ears are less aggressive, we a lot of domesticated dogs have floppy ears compared to like wolves. And uh-huh. like wolf pups have floppy ears, but they quickly grow out of them to become an adult. Uh-huh. And so even little things like that, like, oh, they keep these, some of them keep these adolescent traits to become less menacing. Right. Um, and so when you have a, a dog that isn't kind of part of that, it's not, yeah, you're right. It's not their f- fault usually because it's just how they're trained and they're very open to training and they're very open to being, to looking to their, their humans for you know, uh, support and, and food and everything. Right. Like they can't really survive in the wild. So yeah, but if something like that does happen, like, well, I have a dog and no matter what we do, it's a problem. I'm like, well, that's, it's really hard because it's still like a, a living thing and you know, but it's not a human. And so it's really, because I feel the same way about humans just so I'm not discriminating against species or anything. Like if you have a human and it's just like an, a violent, aggressive human. I'm like, that is unacceptable. Like, we live in a modern day society. Like, we cannot. We can um, get them help, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. We can assist them. We can get them the help they need. Like, there's no reason for this person to be, like, on the street. Because, one, they can hurt someone else. And, two, like, they need assistance. Like, obviously, they're not well, you know. So, it's just, it gets to me when, yeah, when those problems are just left to fester with right. any humans or dogs or any other animal, you know. It's just hard right. for me to kind of grasp my mind around it and to be okay with it. Like, yeah, I'm just going to accept it. Like, yeah, that's fine. I'm just going to deal with it. Like, no, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> yeah. no way. Right. Some Something that does bug me, you mentioned, you know, floppy ears. It, it does bug me that, you know, not just artificially selecting and breeding, but there are a lot of people that will clip dog ears or their tails oh, yeah. and like physically change their appearance so they do seem more aggressive or they look a certain way. I, I've never liked that. You know, if, if I was to adopt a dog and it had clipped ears, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be like, ew, that one has clipped ears. I'm not going to get that. I couldn't ever do that to a dog. Um, no, I agree. 
I I don't think I could ever do that. But have I have I told you the doggy ear story of my dog? I I feel like I've shared this on the podcast before, but like, I don't think so. That doesn't I, sound familiar. I take my dog everywhere, and we have had some weird uh, interactions at drive-throughs. Um, huh. He he'll he'll be sitting in the front seat with me. We'll go through like um, I think one day we went through Arctic Circle or something, and. Um, I was getting a taco salad and I pull, I pull up to the window and the lady taking the money was like, Oh, he's so cute. And I'm, I'm like, don't talk to me. Just give me my food. But like, <laughs> I'm so, <laughs> I'm so yeah. mean. I was like, yeah, he's super cute. Huh? Like as like a 14 year old girl, just like, Oh, your dog is so cute. And I'm like, yeah, he's cute. Huh? And she's like, does he have doggy ears or human ears? I'm like, I, Excuse I'm, me. I'm, I'm sorry. I swear I've told you this before, but she's no. like, "Do you does he have doggy ears or human ears?" And I'm like, "Uh, doggy ears." And she's like, "Oh, that's so cute." About? And then she handed me my food, and I'm like, "Okay, bye." And the only thing I could think that meant was like clipped ears, like like a human cutting his ears or something. Oh my gosh, like, that's what awful. The fuck? <laughs> do, do, what 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 do you mean? Um. I don't know. One time he went to the vet, had to get four uh, immunizations or vaccine or whatever you call them and uh, rabies shots and whatnot. And uh, I felt really bad because, you know, during COVID, I can't go in with him. And so it's like I'm abandoning abandoning him and these people are poking him with needles and he comes back petrified. And so we go get him ice cream and uh, <laughs> pull up to the window and the the lady was like, hey, you do you want me to get you a courtesy cone for your dog? And I was like, and she's handing me the big ice cream. I'm like, no, this one's for him. And, and she's like, no, it's not. And like, I, I like pass it over to him. And he just starts going to town. And the woman's like, damn, you hook him up. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. I, it, it's weird to have a dog in a car and go through drive throughs Cause you get some of these interactions where you're like, don't talk to me. Just give me my food. <laughs> I, I want to be on my way. Maybe it's just happened to me so much that I've just become a total dick. At drive-thrus, but I don't know. No, I mean, I feel like dogs, they definitely warrant attention. And, oh, yeah. Um, well, again, it's this its this uh, artificial selection. We've made them, I mean, not in a, in a weird way, but we made them, like, attractive to human attention. You know, like, they're, they're cute in the way that humans think things are cute. Um, they're subservient. Like, they're all these things that there's a reason why people are so drawn towards domesticated animals in general but dogs especially and cats right to a lesser extent uh, it's because we've designed them that way right like that's the thing like it's it's not just like we found that you can find an animal cute out in the wild like a bunny or something which is fine but it's not the same as a dog and again it's because we've really designed them to be like that Exactly. So, and again, you have big dogs that are designed to be really freaky looking. Like you get like a Doberman. You're like, man, this thing, it doesn't look soft and cuddly. It probably can be very nice, but it's designed to be extremely intimidating. Like, <laughs> Right. Exactly. And, you know, him being a pit, you know, people are like, oh, like especially other dog owners, like don't want to get close to him with their dogs. And he is like super into other dogs. He like wants to play and stuff. But like he he's got a, a an underbite where one of his teeth stick out the whole time, so everybody thinks oh. he's mad or growling or something, showing teeth. But then on top of that, because of the way his jaw sits, his tongue is always sitting like an inch and a half out of his mouth, so he just looks so stupid and derpy. Like a derpy. I, yeah. I <laughs> love him to death. So yeah, it's it's crazy how how um, attracted we are to like domesticated animals and. Um, how it, it, it honestly is like, you know, they're the, the friend that would never betray. I don't know. I, that's how in I theory, feel towards yes. my dog. In theory, <laughs> yes. Way less likely than other people, but. Yeah, no. And I, I think that's an important distinction is we have domesticated animals and then there are animals who are tamed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way you distinguish them is domesticated animals and like, quote unquote, they usually live on a farm, you know, like cows and sheep and pigs. Those right. are they don't they're not pets, but they're domesticated, just like mm-hmm. dogs and cats. Whereas a tamed animal is like an elephant or a lion. Like or it's a not cat 
or a like, bobcat. Like that or, or, video you sent me. That was freaky. That was a cougar, yeah. yeah. That, oh, that yeah, is cougar. More... It wasn't a bobcat. Yeah, thank you. Although there are videos idiot. of bobcats. Uh, I'm sure there are. Bobcats. Uh-huh. Uh, well, those are tamed. And even though that doesn't mean that they're going to eventually snap and can become aggressive, it just means that they're a lot more likely to. Uh, that video was a quencher the whole time, man. I was uh, I was <laughs> pucker factor 11. It's just, I don't know, man. It just seems like I would love to have a cougar in my home. It's just, it looks, oh it's so gosh. pretty. Oh, yeah, you, you talked about that. The hybrid you would want is a big uh-huh. domesticated cat. Yeah, I would love it because like it does things like cats do, like it crawls into bed and it kind of like wants to be snuggled. <laughs> um, it eats like in a crazy amount of raw meat every day, which is a little also intimidating. Like you gotta <laughs> feed it raw meat, uh, and it it's just yeah, I don't know. It's um, I th- I would love it. I would. I, if I had a bigger home, I definitely would. But that's funny. It's legal. It's legal here in the United States, which is right. crazy to me. That you, you can own a lion. That's not a thing. There's almost no states that have laws against it. That's really crazy. Um, yeah, Tiger King, man. Oh, Tiger King. Yes. Stuff's wild. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I love dogs. Always will. That's that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've never been a cat person. I've also never really been around cats. So maybe if I was around them, I would be. I'm sure if there was yeah, that, a cat in my presence, I'd be like, oh, you're adorable. Let me pet you. But like, I just never have the opportunity. My mom was allergic and we always had dogs. Yeah, no, I, get, I feel like this is the main thing with cats is that either people have had a bad experience with cats, which is very easy to have, or they haven't been around too many cats. Mm-hmm. And in your mind, it, when you, if people who don't normally have cats or are, you know, they're not really familiar with them, they tend to be more familiar with dogs. And so in their mind, they're like, oh, pet. Pet means they will be like a dog. And so when they try to interact with a cat like they would a dog and it doesn't reciprocate, they're like, well, that cat is or these cats are just they're not friendly or they don't, you know, they don't come when I call them. Therefore, they're not nice. Right. And I think it's, you know, it's a huge misunderstanding because right. cats can be very loving. It's just m- more akin to humans. You need to spend a lot of time with cats to earn their love and their trust, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I think with dogs, depending on the dog, of course, every dog is different. You can just walk into a home and instantly your, the dog is like, oh, I want to be your friend. And there's something off-putting to me about that. Like, hey, you don't even know me. Like, uh, you shouldn't be super friendly. You know, I get the same thing with people, too. That's so sad. That's awful. Imagine, like, it is because, like, at least for me, because if you, let's say I go to a place and there's someone I've never met there and they're just suddenly extremely friendly, I hate that so much. I hate it. Yeah, but that's a person. (laughs) Well, yeah, no, it is different in a way, but it's Uh that same kind of off-putting, like, why are you so friendly nice. like, yeah i don't exactly. like this <laughs> <laughs> what is your ulterior motive uh-huh. exactly i mean this happened a little bit anytime you have any kind of person that is working in sales or there a, there's a commission to be made based on your action and that's just like that's not even like well a car salesman works for that but even like a realtor or a loan uh agent or anything like that they tend to be overly friendly and like they want to be buddy buddy with you right away. Right. Make you and feel I, like I you that. just trust them with anything. Uh-huh. Yes. And I get that's part of their job, you know, and they they probably know what they're doing, but I'm not like most people and so that's just like really off-putting to me. I look at them and say, "You're you're acting. You're right. being really fake." And I hate that because I that means I can't trust anything you say or do because you're acting. You're not really being who you are. Right. I, th- I think car salesmen are the worst people on the face of the earth. Oh, but, man. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. There's something about them that really gets to me. No, I, I can't be around people like that. That's crazy. Um, like, even if I'm in, like, an outlet store or something, and, like, if you walk in, they're like, hey, is there anything I can be fine? I'm like, no, I'm fine. And then they kind of sort of follow you to oh, see yes. if you, they can sell you things. Like, I will leave. I'm like, dude. I I can do this online. I don't right. even have to be here. I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> no. First of all, you're insinuating that I'm an idiot and can't find what I want. Second, yes. like, just leave me the hell alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the hard thing is it's part of these people's jobs. They probably get paid by commission to a certain extent. I'm so sure, they're motivated yeah. by money. 
which mm-hmm. is the main motivation most people have in their life. So it's really hard for me to really kind of get angry at them. But I just I get annoyed. I'm, like, I'm just going to leave. Like if this is the kind of environment that this store wants to have, then I won't be here. Like, I you're making me think of my pet peeve now. <laughs> you, you, you've, you've oh yeah, enlightened a pet peeve. No, you just you just brought one up that's better than all the others um, that I thought of. But one one last thing I want to say about cats and dogs. I I don't maybe you sent me this video, but have you seen the video? that they analyze brain activity of cats and dogs when their owners come home. I don't think I sent this to you. No, a dog is like explosions and like just (laughs) full blown color and activity. Whereas a cat has like a brief moment. It's like sup. And then it goes back to whatever the hell it was doing. (laughs) It is acknowledgement. Yeah. And that's it. And And then it goes back. Um, But no. Yeah. One of my big pet peeves is, Walking into a store, say like Macy's, I haven't been to Macy's in a long time, but I remember my mom actually got in a fight with a Macy's credit card salesman. And I'm like, because they're so pushy in in trying to be sold something as you walk in the damn store. Or even worse, I hate every time I walk out of Costco and there's like a line of vacation HVAC and like uh, contract, you know, stalls and people are like, hey, can I offer you a new? No, I'm leaving. I got what I wanted. I'm leaving. And I don't know. A lot of the time I put in my headphones, whether I'm listening to something or not. And I know they're trying to speak to me, but I just like turn my head a couple degrees the other way. And I don't know. I probably make it obvious, but oh man, that's one of my pet peeves is like people trying to sell you something in the store, like on the way in and on the way out. I I can't stand that. Yeah, no, that really, especially if you're, if you're walking out with groceries (laughs) and someone like I have, ice cream in this cart like what do you what do you want like you know what right. i'm trying to get home as soon as i can and i don't know if that's just me or us or our generation or or so yeah i don't know if it's just me or that's just a generational thing how in the past this is how things used to be because i remember door-to-door salesmen you know coming to your door like i'm old enough or like that was still kind of a thing really um, i don't but- remember any growing up it's it, it was still pretty rare but every once in a while you have someone like oh hey like i'm doing something i'm like okay no no thank you like i in fact even in or the home that my i grew up in my mother i think occasionally she'll, she'll still get people who come to her door even really? though we have a no soliciting sign uh-huh um but in like the 50s and 60s and probably a little later than that it was a very viable job to do that and you uh-huh. could sell like vacuums and things like that oh and, and, and you could know, make the, bank you could make a lot of money. Yeah, which is crazy to me. A vacuum salesman. That's insane. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, uh-huh. and I feel like it's just a different mindset, a different time when because I, and I don't want to blame everything on the Internet because everyone's like, oh, the Internet changed everything. And it did. But I feel like there was even in the 90s and 80s, it was still kind of a thing that was being phased out, you know, before right. the Internet really became a very publicly known thing. Uh-huh. And honestly, I think it's because... Back, who knows how many decades ago, it was just, there was just like this mentality of, hey, there's someone here, let's just uh, talk and maybe I'll buy something from him. Like, this is like, he's doing me a favor. I don't have to go look for a vacuum. Uh He's bringing me one right to my door, you know? Yeah. And then we shifted towards like, I I didn't ask you to be here. What are you doing here? Like, you should leave, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You're a stranger to me. You know, kind of on, Yeah. Uh huh. Sorry, I don't. No, I no, I I didn't want to cut you off. No, I mean I didn't have anything. Much no, else so I say. I was just gonna say it. It kind of make it brings me back to the commercials that were like, I I don't remember exactly like a food a, a blender like for the, for four payments of nineteen ninety five this blender could be oh, yours. Yeah. But wait, we'll throw in an additional blender and like how that was such a big thing and you don't see that anymore of the call in and the order this right now, the next 200 orders gets one free. Um, Oh yeah. It, I, Oh my gosh, where was I going with this? No, I I, I had a direction I was going and now it's gone. I was was thinking, what I'm going to say, I think is that there was a time where that tactic, they made a lot of money with those, that format. That's the reason why you saw the format everywhere. You could sell like music and blenders and, you know, mops uh-huh. and whatever. And it was because, and they all looked like cookie cutter. They all looked the same because oh, there yeah. was like a product. Super cheap. A weird, made. really uh-huh. energetic narrator. 
really uh-huh. expensive and then they give you the price and then either they cut the price in half oh, or yeah. they give you like two, two for, for the, the price, price of one, one. yeah like, exactly we'll but, double oh, your order uh, like, the other thing the other thing i was gonna say i never had like door-to-door salesmen come in but now that i'm remembering i do remember a couple that would come by and be like are your parents home and oh here give them this brochure and stuff like that but it makes me mm-hmm. think of napoleon dynamite have you seen that movie of course I have. Where, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Where Uncle Rico goes in and he's selling the, the Tupperware and like there's always oh, yes. weird incentives. And he's like, if, if you buy the, the 40 piece set, I'm going to throw in this sailboat. And the, the, oh, the yeah. wife leans over to the husband and she's like, I want that. And like <laughs> there, there are like so many weird incentives to these things like, oh, get a blender. We'll throw in a potato peeler or sometimes it's completely yeah, unrelated, yeah. Completely but like different. It's funny that there's these package deals and he's like. I might just be able to get you this sailboat. And she's like, I want that. Like, this is so freaking fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I feel, again, like these tactics were so popular, I think because they work so well for a time. Right. And the reason why you don't see them anymore is because they stopped working, you know, for one (laughs) reason or another. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and this is the only time like, in the past there have been many like different kinds of things that have come and gone out of out of uh, you know commercial fashion for whatever reason. And because now if you look at let's see on YouTube, the advertisements that are on there, some of them follow a very clear uh, kind of format and pattern. Uh-huh. And to be honest, it reminds me, I think Old Spice, like the, the deodorant and body wash kind of company, uh-huh. they started this trend of making like catchy, funny ads because back like 10, 12 years ago, ads were not funny. Oh, no. And suddenly Old Spice comes in and it's like, I'm on a horse and I'm on a boat and all these things. And then uh-huh. within a few years, a lot of different places started doing similar kind of tactic hey we're trying to be funny we're trying to be energetic like we're not going to be boring right that kind of thing one thing that does come to mind that's kind of related to this but not really and it was something that someone had to point out to me because it was it wasn't very obvious at all is that growing up and this has to do with movies and movie trailers movie Uh trailers like if you saw them on TV or anything they always had narration like there was a narrator telling you what's going on in a world where, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Exactly. There's like, oh, like, like the Terminator, like this summer, like 2015, yeah. blah, blah. Uh-huh. And then sometime in the mid-2000s, it just suddenly stopped. Right. If you look at trailers now, unless it's like Deadpool or something kind of wacky like that, there are there is no narration. Uh-huh. There's words on the screen sometimes, but no one's talking. Right. And... And it, it, there wasn't like an obvious reason why. It's just, I think it just suddenly people stopped making trailers like that. There's no real reason. Yeah. And then when those trailers became popular, everyone's like, hey, we, let's do what these people are doing. Their movie did really well. And so now we live in a world where trader, if you see a trailer with narration, it's super weird. Uh huh. Like it's super old. Right. So I, I feel like putting things like that. I feel like putting words on a screen pulls a different emotion you know, out of reading something than some, you know, cookie cutter narrator. Cause they always sounded the same. I feel like it was guy, one yeah. guy that <laughs> just made a bajillion dollars narrating trailers and commercials. Um, but yeah, I, 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 the tactics change. And what's interesting now is I, d- I don't know what, what it's like seeing your ads on YouTube, but I find that like, there are a lot of ads that take 10 to 15 seconds to get to the point and I lose interest unless they are funny or humorous. Um, but there's a lot of ads now that are like five or six seconds long that just like yeah. punch you in the face with it with either a quick joke or something, you know, ridiculous. Um, something funny. I've never watched a full advertisement until I saw the purple mattress with the woman that falls oh, yeah. on the raw eggs. And I've noticed that they're they're doing these ads now that the, are like long form that ads. Format. Yeah, mm-hmm. that are long form ads that kind of catch your attention. Like there's soap commercials now where, you know, it and all these different ads now. And I find it weird that I'm either intrigued by a five second ad or a three minute ad (laughs) and like the middle space has kind of gone away um it's interesting to see all the new tactics and how they're developing and compare it to what it was 
Yeah, I mean, I've said this before, but I am also I am always very acutely aware of how advertiser behavior is like being shifted and changed all the time. Mm-hmm. And the reason I think that is because uh, a lot of like advertising and marketing companies they have so much data on people that they didn't have before. Uh-huh. Uh, if you go back to the days of TV, you, you would see different ads on different channels because, of course, you had like the toy and action figure ads and all those things like that on, on the kids' Cartoon show Network. channels, of course. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then if you want the other, you know, it, you can tell if you're watching an older show when like all you saw were like that diabetes guy and ARP <laughs> ads. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're like, man, I am watching the Golden Girls. Like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Have you been in a bad operation for a hip replacement? No, I'm like 11. <laughs> Get out of yeah, here. Let's go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or like the uh, J.G. Wentworth, like you have an uh, entitled, a cash entitlement, but you need cash oh now. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, can't J. believe I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and There's so many that have stuck with me. They didn't have the kind of the the dial in like yeah most likely we're reaching a demographic of people who are uh, you know 20s or older but you have a kid watching it you know that's just it doesn't apply to them at all so it doesn't really matter uh-huh. uh but now with the internet and you can see how the internet has become like a data mining source for advertisers and marketers uh almost all social media is predicated on this like facebook even like youtube and instagram and twitter right how they make money because if you go to twitter they don't they have like some sponsored tweets i think and again i'm not big on twitter but how and how they make their money is that they sell data and it's not like your data they don't know your name or where you live that's not the stuff they're interested in uh-huh. they're saying like hey when kitkat tweets these are the demographic of people that right. listen and follow and retweet like demographic patterns in consumerism is what's being sold yes yeah it's like, exactly. It's like, well, it's people from the, between these ages from around this time or sorry, this area and, you know, around these times or whatever. And it shifts all the time. Like if it's winter time, you're going to be craving different kinds of products. And if it's summertime. Exactly. And and also depending where you are, because if you're in California, maybe that difference isn't that big at all because winter really isn't a thing in California. Uh-huh. Whereas, you know, in New York or in Chicago or something, it does make a big difference. So they have all these real-time analytics. And I'm not saying that's a, a data privacy is seen as like this big topic issue. Like, oh, we're, and I'm always getting updates. Like, we've updated our privacy policy. Like, mm-hmm. come look at it. And it doesn't really change at all. Yeah. And and the reason why it's not going to change really is because that's how they make their money. Like, they're uh-huh. never going to, the, there's privacy. Like, yeah, we're not going to tell people what your name is or where you live or things like that or your phone number. Right. Uh. Because they don't really care. If it's an advertiser, they don't care what your name is. They mm-hmm. just care if you're a 20 to 40-year-old male that lives in this place and will buy a bike, you know? <laughs> right. Now, it is, it is a little freaky when it seems like... I, and I don't know what it is that triggers it. I don't know if it's Google. I don't know if it's the computer. But when the microphone on whatever you're using picks up what you're talking about and will now start to display things that you have mentioned and try to like sell it to you that's pretty freaking nuts okay yeah this that's has a bit been invasive. the biggest internal debate probably of my entire life uh-huh is are is your phone listening to you when you're talking when you're not using it uh-huh because i have had instances where yes i mentioned something something to somebody in a conversation and suddenly I'm seeing that thing come up in advertisements. Right. Or yeah. And, and, and it's always in my mind, like, there's no way, like I understand physically. Yeah, it's possible, but it, they wouldn't make it that obvious. Right. Because there was a time where I literally mentioned something and 10 minutes later I saw ads on my feed that I never saw before for that thing. Right. And in my mind, I'm thinking there are two or, okay, there are, yeah, I guess two possibilities really for that happening. Maybe three. I'll say three. The first one is it's a complete coincidence, which I can't really believe anymore because it's happened so many weird times. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I can't believe it's just a coincidence. Uh, Two, it's, it's not relying on how what you've said. It's relying on search history. And even though you have never searched for this thing, it could be possible that the person you're talking to has searched for it. 
And because you're in close proximity to that person, you have become associated with that person in the database. That's really like, well, weird. If, if this guy likes monster trucks, maybe his friend likes monster trucks. Uh-huh. Uh, did you just send something through? I, I, I did. I sent, I sent you a video that was a live test of this very topic. You can watch it later. But that, that's an interesting theory, no. the proximity. and Yeah, that's, and that's I feel like maybe it's, it's a more realistic one uh, because, yeah, maybe you're talking about orange juice and you haven't Googled orange juice ever, but suddenly you see orange juice. It could be because you were talking to that someone and he Googled it. They're like, okay, he's just because they do that with Facebook. Like Facebook, they it will recommend friends to you. Uh huh. And if it's like, let's say I have coworkers that I have no mutual friends with them because I only know them through work. And then after like a month or so, it'll like, he'll, this person will pop up in my recommended feed. Like, do you know like Sammy so and so? I'm like, I do. And the only reason, the only way you could know that is if you knew where I was and Sammy was at the same time That's super and assumed weird. that we worked together. Uh huh. Uh, and so your your phone does do that, like a hundred percent. So I'm not anyway. Or that's, the that's third option weird. is your phone is listening to you and uh-huh. it's trying to pick up certain keywords. Uh, because I've done it too. Like we, I tested it out with some of my friends. Like we said the word like tied and like did, you know laundry mm-hmm. detergent things like that, and we never got anything from it. Like right. it just didn't happen. And so I'm wondering if it's if it is it's listening to your like the, your voice mm-hmm. <clears throat> your voice. If it's only listening for very specific words, like, hey, this week some advertisers are looking for people who are interested in boat insurance. Let's look for the words boat, insurance, water right. sport, things like that. Uh-huh. And so it it only happens if you happen to say the key word that they're looking for, not that anything you say automatically gets advertised to you. So. Uh-huh. Now, th- this is a lot less dramatic, but it kind of like freaked me out a little when it happened. I was like, nope, don't like that. Um, often I use <laughs> I use Alexa when I'm cooking. I'm like, hey, Alexa, set a timer for 20 minutes. Oh, right. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and um, yeah, because often when I cook, I clean like I cannot just cook and leave it. I, I got to clean. And so I was like, hey, Alexa, set a timer for five minutes. And I'm like cleaning, actively cleaning dishes. Sink is going and like, you know, you can hear the water. And Alexa's like, okay. Also, if you want me to sing you a song while you wash your hands so you make sure you clean them good enough, let me know. And I'm like, <laughs> how the hell do you know that I'm using the sink? <laughs> and it really like kind of freaked me out. And so I was like, hey, yeah. Alexa, stop listening to me. And she's like, I'm sorry. If you'd like me to disable my passive microphone, I will do that. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so freaking weird, man. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, de- devices like Alexa and Siri, I think, are in a whole different ballpark because yeah. their entire function is to listen is to, to you listen. and to store that data. Like yeah, yeah. I've, that Alexa's listening to me. Yeah, they 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 belong to Amazon. Like, do you right. think that? Do you think they're not going to do that? <laughs> right. It, it, it's just funny. Um, it's freaky. Yeah. Like, I understand why they do it, but it you you just you don't notice it until like it happens. So, it's a little freaky. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, and I think it's different from like your phone because imagine like because I'm using a microphone attached to my computer. Imagine if I was talking about these things and then while I was Googling things, it would pop up as an ad. That is wholly different than looking up something from Alexa and suddenly Amazon's, you know, recommending things. Like, of course it would. I, I, right. You have to assume it's doing that. It belongs to Amazon. Right. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I get uh, that. The program does. So, but yeah, I think the abstract concept of your device, which belongs to you, like my phone is, it, yeah, it's made by Apple, but Apple isn't, it's not Facebook, right? They're not like a social media company. There's there's no reason why they should build in a functionality to, to listen to your you. data. Yeah. To collect your data. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless like they, they allow apps to do that, which is, you know, normal. And then uh, your apps will be like, yeah, let's just listen and see what's going on. So, yeah, I don't know. I honestly, I'm not too yeah. sure where I fall into that, like, quote unquote, conspiracy theory. If it's even a conspiracy theory, it might be proven for all I know mm-hmm. that your phone's passively listening to you. But th- yeah. again, that's a conspiracy theory that I can totally believe is real because mm-hmm. it's not it's way out real. there, not beyond yeah, the it's realm very, of possibilities. 
yeah, it's I don't even know. I don't think it's even illegal because there's probably no law against it. And mm-hmm. also, you sign all these non all these like forms and not forms, but you click agree to you all agree these to turn terms you, and agreements. You chose to yeah be on that app or use that software. Yeah, but but yeah, at the same time, if they're selling information personal about you, that that's a whole different thing. But yeah, tendencies yeah, and thing. demographics. People and tend to patterns. get freaked out when. You say it's selling information. Again, like these advertisers don't care particularly about who you are. They could assign you a number, but as long as they know like, oh, like they're, they are male and they live in this area and they like these things, mm-hmm. uh, they're trying to sell things to you. So it's not like you're, they're trying to find your social security number and sell it to thieves. Right. You know, I think that's a wholly different kind of fear. It, it's not like it recognizes you live in the middle of Kansas and it's selling you surfboards. Like, Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and... Like, to be honest, for the most part, I don't really care about that kind of stuff. Like, people tend to make a big deal, like, oh, like, privacy and whatever. But we've actually never had that much privacy. Most records are public. Um, All it's doing is trying to find better products that actually appeal to me, which, you know, it's better than being advertised products that don't appeal to me. There's nothing more annoying than an ad that I hate and I have nothing to do. I don't (laughs) want anything to do with. Exactly. Uh, I can't. I this this ad on YouTube and it keeps happening to me and I, I keep disliking it or doing whatever but it never goes away. Dude, I hate that. You, YouTube does not acknowledge when you dislike an ad. I hate it. I think it it probably logs it into some database, but if they're paying enough, they're like, we can override that because they're <laughs> yeah. paying us money, you right? Can we don't, suck we don't care. it. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like the manscaping ads. Have you ever seen those ones? <laughs> I love those. I hate them so much. They're so annoying. You know, and, it's like it. You know, one one of them really bugs me when it's like, do you know somebody that's gotten a little too comfortable in quarantine? Yes, Maybe your dad or about. your brother. And I'm like, why the fuck would I know what my my father's pubes look like? Like, what the hell is this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I hate that one. But sometimes, like when it's sponsored in a video, you know, a lot of video sponsors get really creative with their ads, and I think they are do. better than a lot of the ads for the actual product that are paid for. You know, that oh, are not sponsored by creators. <laughs> um, but yeah, I so I love the content creator sponsored Manscape ads, but their actual ads are garbage. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Like again, I agree. If you have like people who I like and I listen to, and it's in the very beginning when sponsoring first happened, they were very robotic. Like I'm reading the script. Here I go. Uh-huh. But over time, I think they become really good at just saying, like, just kind of keeping their personality and their humor or whatever the reason why I'm there for. Right. And still recommending this thing. I'm like, wow, this is actually it's still relatively enjoyable, and that it's also appeals to podcasts because I'll be listening to a podcast and. I've heard podcast ads, they, they do exist where they're kind of pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really rare, but most of the times they're by the people. And they kind of, like you said, they kind of do their own spin on it. And mm-hmm. they, they still make a joke or two. And like, okay, this is still entertaining. Yeah, maybe I won't buy that thing because I'm not, I wasn't interested to begin with. But it's not, I'm not like just skipping it because I'm so annoyed at this. Thing. Right. It gives a lot more personality or incentive when it's coming from a real person or something they make around it than like a this is manscape you can shave your nuts like yeah like buy it now yeah i hate it so much because it's like they're trying to be funny and make jokes about it and there's actual studies done on this it's called like corporate i forget what it's called it's like the corporate tone Mm-hmm. And it shifts all the time, but it's when a lot of these ads, especially online, they they tend to adopt similar kind of formats and patterns because they find one that works and they kind of stick to it. But if it doesn't work for you, you just find it very annoying because right. everything sounds the same. Right. Um, and it's just it's basically like all those progress, all the insurance ads like Progressive, Liberty Mutual, State Farm, they're all trying to do the same thing. Here, like, let me tell you about car insurance, but we're also going to give you a scenario that's not anything to do with car insurance. We're just trying to be kind of funny. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so I think the format for whatever, Manscape, whatever, it's just it's just so annoying because it's like, huh, like, look at this thing. Like, it shaves really close. Like, it doesn't cut me. I'm like, fuck out of here, man. I don't want to hear about your fucking balls. Like, <laughs> I just, oh, like, <laughs> I hate it so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's so gross to me. That's pretty funny. So, I could see that. That's that's interesting. I've, I've never really heard of that before. A corporate tone, almost like the tone that a corporation would set or believe its advertiser viewers would want to see. Opposed to, yes. or, you know, um, 
you uh, what's the word not opposed to but like when, when you look at a content creator that you follow and they put their uh-huh. natural spin on it and it's like that's why i follow you because you entertain me and so that, that's really interesting to think of a, a content creator tone versus a corporate tone that that's cool i've never really thought about that yeah uh, there's corporate tone. There's also corporate artwork. Um, you'll see that a lot. And and it, if again, if you like it, you probably won't even notice it because it's fine. But a lot of companies, especially social media like Facebook and YouTube and things like that, whenever they have to depict people or certain objects, right now the kind of trendy thing is to really simplify it. The people, they don't have to have natural skin tones. Like they'll be blue or purple or orange or gray. Right. And they don't really have like a bunch of facial features. And so right now, that's a very common like corporate, not tone, but it's artwork, like corporate art. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and you'll see that with a lot of like if you have Microsoft Teams, you see that you're like, yeah, it's the same kind of thing. And it's because people really like it, you know. Uh-huh. So I think marketing, online marketing data has really opened the, the kind of perspective of like, hey, the reason why you're seeing these things over and over again is because... Uh, like I've mentioned before, algorithms have determined that these are the things that people like. Right. And it's really hard to fight against an algorithm because they gather so much data, they can really pin down what will get people to notice things or look or feel good about a certain um, advertisement or, or product or something. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, again, it's not, I don't see it's a really good or bad thing. I feel it's kind of neutral, but it's just a part of the world we live in. And, yeah. Which, again, which is why I pay close attention to advertisers, advertisements because they have so much more data than I do. Mm-hmm. So if you can kind of infer what's going on, through again, like I remember I, I mentioned that like the beef advertisement I kept getting. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> All the... And it was because uh, I read an article earlier this month is that earlier in the year, there was a huge uh, kind of study done on people and their opinion towards, you know, kind of lab created or artificially made meat Uh like has skyrocketed. People are way more willing to try and to buy and accept these products. Right. And so and using that data, the uh, USDA or whatever, the beef corporation is like, hey, we even though beef is doing really well right now it might not do well in the future so uh, we really got to beef up our, our beef advertising yeah, exactly <laughs> and so it's almost yeah like little like little clues as to what consumers are leaning towards based on what the uh what the advertisements are trying to get you to to buy so <laughs> that's interesting that's crazy yeah it it really delves into like human psychology i think that like sales making money and selling is such a they use so much psychology that i think we're not really aware of that i think most people they're like oh yeah they do what they do but if you really pay attention you can see uh a lot of how people earn your trust they do in advertisements like right. they look right at you they look you in the eye um, they try to relate to you. They try to be someone that's close to your age. You know, this is why like all the ARP and diabetes commercials have Are an older. old fat man uh-huh. in yeah. front of it. Because you're probably an old fat man with diabetes. You've been like, affected by diabetes. Just, yeah, exactly. Diabetes. <laughs> yeah. 100%. That's how it is, you know. Uh-huh. So these tricks work. They work really well, actually. Yeah. And it's interesting to see how they used to work one way and how it is changing as the people that watch them change. And, For and sure. especially, you know, data collection and like what attracts people and what they see. It is interesting. But yeah, I agree yeah, with you. I think it's more neutral. Um, I don't think there's anything dangerous about it, but it is a little freaky to think about. So let's say a happy yeah, middle ground. Yeah, I would say my concern, I'm not concerned with how this, like how companies use this, uh, at least like, you know, ones that have products to sell because, yeah, like McDonald's and Coca-Cola, they've been having advertisements for decades. Like that's their whole job is to sell you a burger or a Coke. You know, that's the thing. Right. My concern is that this thing can definitely and it has definitely been used, uh, especially this past few years. To not only like not advertise a product, but to advertise ideals and like certain kind of like ideas that they want you to think. Uh-huh. Uh, 
Like, especially if you're into like a very cult-ish kind of mentality and behavior that's definitely being used in a lot of large organizations to draw people in and keep them in there. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's not good. I think no. that's very different than trying to sell me a burger. That's like, hey, we yeah. want you to think that this whole community of people are, you know, evil and they should not live here anymore. I'm like, that's can, can you give an example dangerous. of that? I, th- I think I understand uh, what you mean, but if there's an example, yeah. So f- yeah. No, for example, there's been this huge rhetoric, especially during the pandemic in 2020, being against Asians in general. Like mm-hmm. there's this huge thing where like, hey, we want to like call this virus a certain name. We want to vilify a certain population. Uh, and that and and online you and not too long ago, you can see how that culminated in like literal violence against an Asian community. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and that's really dangerous. And this same thing happened in World War II uh, after yeah. Pearl Harbor. I was going to say with Japanese-Americans. Like, yeah. Yeah, huge. Mm-hmm. And they weren't like just Japanese people. They were like literal Japanese-Americans, like people who were born and raised here. They were American citizens. Right, citizens, yeah. And and before anything official happened, they were ostracized, like some of their businesses and uh, homes were burned down. And then on top of all that, they were like herded into these intern camps for yeah. safety. Uh, which is just boggles my mind, you know, just just because they were Japanese Americans, you know, just right. because they had no ties whatsoever to Japan or to any kind of military force. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, the mentality is still here in that way where you're like, yeah, this this whole thing came from this place. There's speculation as to they probably sent it to us to kill us, mm-hmm. and like it's it, those are very dangerous kinds of mentality. And if you look online through social media, you can see because I don't follow those pages. But there have been a lot of studies done on pages that push this rhetoric. Uh-huh. And they use a lot of the very same kind of marketing, advertising tactics. They're like, hey, we're gathering data. Who's most likely to agree with me? Who's most likely to you know, donate money to my campaign for whatever reason to publish my book or whatever? Right. Uh, and it's just like really predatory. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can definitely use these tools. I would say an, an evil purpose. Like right? a like manipulative. Getting people to hate someone. Yeah. Yeah, very manipulative, hateful thing. And that's really bad. I don't like that at <laughs> or, all. Or so. like impress you to think a certain way or yeah. Yeah. Join and a then collective. When pe- yeah, join a collective. And then when people try to convince you otherwise, you're like, nope, like I don't believe that. I'm part of this group and they agree with me and I mm-hmm. don't need your validation. That's that's really not good, man. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful when you're in a group that tells you not to believe something. Yeah, I was going to say that that's yeah. probably one of the most dangerous things is when you're into something that is like, no, no, don't associate with them. Don't no, no uh-huh. you can't talk to them. Don't 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 even go there. Yeah. Yeah, if if they if if a group tries to control the information you're getting in, and I feel like it's 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 hard because I've been always say like, hey, you've got to be really careful because you can be in a good position and you can start looking into things that obviously are false. Like for example, Let's just say someone is like starting to get really into a, like a pyramid scheme kind of business model. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be like, hey, man, I don't know what's going on with you, but you really shouldn't be into that. And so it it kind of looks just the same thing as someone saying, hey, don't listen to these people. Right. Because I'm afraid of them. But in this instance, it's like, hey, you're already on the outside of this this organization. I think you should always be careful when you're looking into an organization mm-hmm. And you sh- you can be less careful when you're in an organization looking outside of it. Right. I think that's a distinct difference between the two. That is every Amway pitch I have ever heard. Like, yes, I, I, it, it, it's funny because I say every. I've had like three or four times strangers or friends be like, "Hey, what do you do? Let me talk to you about your finances oh, and your no. future." And it's funny. <laughs> three out of four of them would not tell me what the name of the company was. And, no, they and, don't. and what's funny is they like to brag about the revenue and it's like, oh, in 2017, Ugh. we did $11.8 billion in revenue. And it's like, okay, amongst how many people? And on top of that, you know, I'm just going to search a few names and connect that <laughs> revenue with whatever name it is. So just tell me the name of the damn company. And they're like, no, no, we want, we want you to learn a little bit more, find out your oh intent. And it's like, okay, fuck you. Goodbye. Yeah. no yeah, no like it, it is so deceptive so yeah mlms man they're they're nuts yeah they're wild and it's so funny because the same thing happens and i think we mentioned either this last episode or one before that 
again, with Scientology, uh-huh. uh, a lot of Scientology publication and books, they don't say the word Scientology. They go by Healthy Living for a Better Life Association. Right, They have yeah. these really like, puppet and Other names, yeah. And then they get you in the door like, hey, guess what? We're Scientology, but you're already hooked, so it doesn't matter what we say. But if we you're heard it before, you wouldn't like uh, it. Yeah, it is so Fuck deceptive. <laughs> it is incredibly deceptive. It, it, you're not going to tell me the name of the damn company that you want me to join? It's so insane. Stupid. But yeah, it, it, deception is incredibly awful. Unless, I mean, and again, unless it's a tool you use. Yes. We, we need to have another the, deception lesson. Yeah, I think lesson, the but. intent <laughs> is very... It is something that is a distinction that is clear because I like being deceptive, but I like being deceptive not because I want to make money or to have a cult. It's because I don't want to deal with your shitty social interactions you want me to deal with. Like, I just want to go home. Right. Uh, yeah. But it, if, it, it's yeah. it's like the difference of I'm trying to manipulate you to do what I want rather than I'm trying to do what I want by getting away from you. Like, yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it, they, yeah, the distinction is very clear. So yeah, that's fine. <sighs> yeah, man, it's right. just it's wild. You got to be careful out there, people. Don't. Yeah, there's a reason why you don't associate Amway or Scientology with good things. It's because they're not no. good. <laughs> there's the yeah. reason why they don't, don't want to tell you the name because they're Google ashamed us. of don't, their name. <laughs> don't look us up on Google. Absolutely, man, it's insane. Um, I don't know, but yeah, I probably got to get going. Sounds good. So it, 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 it.